Today we talk about the gathering cloud of deception. Previously, surveillance was mainly above the skin. Now it's going under the skin. Governments want to know not just where we go or who we meet. Above all, they want to know what is happening under our skin. What's our body temperature? What's our blood pressure? What, what is our medical condition? Welcome to Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell, Radio for the Remnant, brought to you by Olive Tree Ministries. We welcome Pastor J.B. Hickson this week, author of the new book, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. As the world spins in turmoil, Jan and her guests analyze just who the major players are and their tactics, and they tell you what you can do to push back this darkness. Here is today's programming. The premise of this series, just to review for those of you that weren't here in the first hour, comes from the book of 1 John, which tells us that the spirit of the Antichrist, capital A, the future world tyrant that under the power of Satan will be ruling the world uh, and persecuting Christians like never before and Jews, uh, is already in the world. In other words, that spirit of all that the Antichrist stands for is already at work. Uh, in fact, in chapter 2, John tells us that many antichrists, little a, have already come, even though the ultimate antichrist is coming someday. Well, what does he mean by that? He means that Satan is hard at work deceiving the world, preparing the way for his ultimate takeover. He knows the story. He knows that it's going to culminate in this final battle of Armageddon, uh, you know, there, and, and that uh, Christ is going to ultimately take the throne according to the biblical narrative. He just doesn't believe it. <laughs> He, he, he himself is deceived. He is a deceiver and he's deceived, self-deceived. So he doesn't believe the truth of God's word. There's no truth in him. And so what that means is that for the last 2,000 years since Christ defeated the darkness, defeated death, hell, and the grave by rising from the dead the third day, Satan has been in a panic mode, doing everything he can to prepare for this final battle. And he doesn't know uh, God's timetable, so he doesn't know when this final end times phase is going to kick in. So in every generation for the last 2,000 years, he has to have his man of the hour, his antichrist candidate ready to step into that role. If the rapture were to happen, he's got to have his man marked out. And I believe he knows who that man is going to be right now. And yes, it will be a man, uh, according to the scripture. Um, and, uh, and, and if the rapture were to happen today, then he's ready to, to influence that man, indwell that man, and, and begin the process of this final uh, tyrannical seven-year period. Welcome to Understanding the Times Radio. That was a short clip by my guest for the hour, who I'll bring on just as soon as I set the stage for today's programming. And I'm continuing on, as you know, for the last couple of months. We've looked heavily at one-worldism, globalism, talking about the movers and shakers in the world of the coming kingdom of the Antichrist foretold in the Bible. Revelation 13 talks about a future one world money system, religious system, governmental system, and a single ruler with several cohorts. Who are they? An Antichrist, a false prophet, and their minions marching to the beat of their dark ruler, the devil. The Bible says in 1 John 4 that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, or this fallen angel world ruler. Lucifer and his angels know their time is short, and I believe they are presently causing as much havoc in the world as possible. 
and as much difficulty in your life as possible. Now, the Holy Spirit is far stronger than Satan and any of his minions, and the Spirit's wisdom is greater than any of Satan's schemes. The Spirit's protection is more than enough to thwart any of Satan's attacks. That is the bottom line. And as we go through discussion today and talk about some things that are heavy, please remember that the Holy Spirit is far stronger than Satan or any of his minions. And because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world, we have confidence in God and at the same time put no confidence in the flesh. The power is not ours, but it is the Lord's. So, We can't at the same time dismiss the spirit of the Antichrist, so prevalent today. So when I was sent a fairly new book by author and pastor J.B. Hickson, I was intrigued enough that I invited the pastor and author on air today to talk about the publication. It's titled, The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, and we carry it in our online store. I'm just going to read one paragraph from an early chapter and title is The Cosmic Battle. The author says there is much going on in the world. If you look at the headlines and see all that is happening, you will recognize that there must be something major at play, something beyond this world. When you look at scripture, your suspicions are confirmed. According to the Bible, life is about more than what you can see, hear, or touch. There is a cosmic battle going on between good and evil. And it has been that way since Satan fell from heaven. He fell like lightning because of his pride. He thought he could take over God's realm and be God himself. Instead, he was cast to the earth and has been trying to conquer that ever since. So what is this gathering cloud of deception? Talk about it now with Pastor J.B. Hickson. He's an author, commentator, conference speaker, He leads Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. He's founder of Not By Works Ministry, and you can learn more at notbyworks.org. Pastor Hickson, welcome to Understanding the Times for the first time. Thank you, Jen. So great to be with you. I have read, I would say, 95% of your book. It's outstanding. The Gathering Cloud of Deception, that's actually your subtitle. As I'm reading through the book, You and I are accused sometimes of propagating conspiracy theories, and yet in an opening chapter of your book, it's titled The Luciferian Conspiracy. Why don't you explain exactly what does it look like? How do my listeners identify it? So the simplest way to say it is the Luciferian conspiracy is a conspiracy involving Satan, demons, and human agents working together to defeat God and ultimately take over the world. In the section that you read, I talk about how Satan was kicked out of heaven because he couldn't have the throne. And since he couldn't have heaven, he's got his sights set on the earth. And he's been trying ever since then for 6,000 years now to take over this earth and make it his own. In order to do that, he's got some co-conspirators. These include his demons, which are one-third of the angels that fell with him, and of course, human beings that are Luciferians. That's their term for themselves. They believe that Lucifer is the hero. Back in the Genesis account, they believe that God is the antagonist and Lucifer is the protagonist. So they worship him, they take their marching orders from him, and they dedicate their books to him. So that's the conspiracy in a nutshell. It's Satan, demons, and human beings trying to work together to overthrow God and claim this world as their own. 
as you kind of highlight Ephesians 6, as we wrestle not against flesh and blood, so the battle really isn't between Democrats and Republicans or socialists and communists. It's between the principalities and powers in the heaven. Absolutely. The verse that you quoted at the outset of the show from 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. The verse right before that very plainly states that even though one Antichrist, capital A, is coming, who will take the helm of the one world system for seven years prior to the return of Christ, who will then establish the kingdom in perfect peace and righteousness, even though that one Antichrist is coming, even now the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work among us. So it definitely is a spiritual battle. It's a cosmic struggle, as we talk about, and it's getting worse and worse. The subtitle of the book, The Gathering Cloud of the Yes, and I'm going there. Tell me what that means. 2 Timothy 3.13, which is the last letter Paul wrote before he was martyred, written about 67 AD, and he says this, Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In other words, in 67 AD, early on in the church age, just three decades in, things were already getting worse and worse. So just imagine how bad they are 2,000 years later. People forget that depravity is a degenerative disease. It does not get better with time. It does not self-correct. Things are getting worse and worse. Of course, it doesn't mean that from a Christian perspective that, of course, we see pockets of revival. The Spirit of God is alive and well. He's calling people to faith. We're seeing God doing some amazing things. But in the grand scheme of things, we will not see a return to the pre-fall Edenic state until after Christ himself comes back with a rod of iron and rules in perfect peace and justice and righteousness. You recommend studying the spirit of the Antichrist so we can recognize how Satan's plan is unfolding. Now, let me just say this. Most people today are so discouraged about the headlines, news stories, the sad drama they have to watch every day, not to mention the drama in their own lives, be it wrecked marriages or children out of order, etc. But you suggest that watching all the activity in the world that is satanically induced, not all of it, but an awful lot of it, is necessary. By the way, I agree with you, but why are you promoting this? First of all, preparedness is a biblical concept. Proverbs 22, 3 says, He who sees trouble coming and prepares for it is wise. A lot of times people make this false dichotomy between trusting the Lord and doing the natural things that we should do to be prepared. But the Bible doesn't make that dichotomy. The Bible teaches both. Of course, our ultimate trust and faith is in the Lord, but he gives us common sense and he gives us a brain to use. And God wants us to stick around for a while. He doesn't want us to just throw up our hands, wave the white flag of surrender and jump on the train. He wants us to be here so we can share Christ and raise our children and grandchildren. So the biblical principle is when you see the train coming, you need to take precautions. We're never to be scared, but we are to be prepared. All of this is outlined in the Bible and various places, heavily Revelation 13, but other places as well. There we read about this coming global government. I've been on that topic for the last year very, very heavily, and partly because of the forming Great Reset, and my audience knows pretty well what the Great Reset is. And you know, J.B. Hickson, what I do remind people is there are two things standing in the way of the One World Agenda. The two things are America and Christianity. And has there ever been a greater attack on America and Christianity than in, say, the last 10 years, for sure, certainly the last 100 years? In their own writings, they make it clear that they want to destroy America. One of the credos of the Luciferians is order out of chaos. Mm -hmm. They want to destroy so that they can rebuild, or as Klaus Schwab says, build back better. That's been their plan for a long time. 
of course, the Luciferians and, of course, Satan himself, they're not omniscient, they're not omnipotent, they're not omnipresent, so they can't just wave a magic wand and make it happen. Obviously, there's internal struggles and internal fighting, and sometimes they fail at some of their attempts. We can go back to the League of Nations in the early 20th century or, of course, the United Nations after World War II. There have been setbacks, but we know what their agenda is because it's written in plain sight, and they are targeting the mid-2020s as an end game. Now, it doesn't mean they'll succeed because, of course, God's sovereign, and God's timetable is the only one that ultimately matters, and he may decide he wants to wait another hundred years. I don't think so. As I see the setting of the stage, it just seems like it can't be much longer, but we always want to give that caveat that what their plan is at the end of the day must come under God's sovereignty. So the way I like to say it is that the Luciferian plot is never any match for the Lord's plan. If you join me late, you are listening to Understanding the Times Radio. I'm Jan Markell. I have on the line Pastor J.B. Hickson, because we are carrying his new book, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. Find that in my online store, olivetreeviews.org, views as in viewpoint, olivetreeviews.org. Give my office a call. Get on our newsletter lists. We charge no shipping, folks, in the U.S. and Canada. J.B., I want to introduce a character. He's no stranger to you. And let me precede the clip here by saying this, that back on April 21st, we had, I believe it was our fifth Understanding the Times mini-conference here in the suburbs of Minneapolis-St. Paul. We invited Pastor Brandon Holthouse to come and talk about the rising New World Order, and we introduced to the audience a gentleman by the name of Yuval Noah Harari, who is, if I could sum it up in two words, a God-hater. He's also one of the most influential men in the world because he's got the ear of Klaus Schwab, head of World Economic Forum. And I want to play a clip. It's a little longer than usual, but you need to get to know Yuval Harari. Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, he's got a right-hand man who has worked uh, hand-in-hand with him through these recent years. Uh, He's talked about not only the global, you know, world economy, but obviously digital, all these things we're talking about. But what I want you to catch in this next video clip, and I want you two to comment, is is how invasive it is. I mean, think about, we're going to have this digital bill of rights. By whatever happened to for the people, by the people, of the people, I mean, that's totally out. But but listen to this carefully and, and kind of catch what the intent is and how intrusive it is. Let's listen to this. And COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. If we want to stop this epidemic, we need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. We now see mass surveillance systems established even in democratic countries, which previously rejected them. And we also see a change in the nature of surveillance. Previously, surveillance was mainly above the skin. Now it's going under the skin. Governments want to know not just where we go or who we meet, above all they want to know what is happening under our skin. What's our body temperature? What's our blood pressure? What what is our medical condition? Now humans are developing even bigger powers 
than ever before, we are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring, for instance, the, the power to re-engineer life. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. So hackable, <laughs> people are hackable now. Tell us what that means. Tell us well, what the implications are. I, I think we need to explain who this Mr. Yuval Harari is. He's an Israeli. He's a homosexual. Um, I think, and he, he's the person that Klaus Schwab listens to more than anybody. He may be the most dangerous man on the planet. You've just heard him for a couple of minutes here. When he speaks, world leaders listen, including to the nonsense he just spoke there. You think uh, if, you, if you ever want to see what evil looks like, it's that dude. Okay? I mean, if you listen to this guy speak, man, this guy is full out evil. The things he's thinking about. But what he's really trying to do, they want to hack your brain so that they can tell you what to think and how to think. And when he, that last little clip that said that Jesus rose from the dead was fake news, he has, he is a, such a God hater. Yes, he yes. believes that any faith in God, the God above the clouds, he calls him, that any faith is just fictitious and fake news. So he wants to be able to hack the brain to eliminate people believing like that. He believes that's a false narrative. And so they have their narrative. And so with this digital currency, with this ability to hack people and put things under your skin and perhaps in your brain, um, they want to be able to control the thoughts of people. This is why it's so dangerous. And Elon Musk has talked about it and a few other people about putting chips in your brain and things like that. That's where they're going, guys. Now, I hope, I hope we're raptured before that. Um, but for goodness sakes, that's pretty evil. Is basically they want to destroy belief. That's right. Belief in the one true God. Now that's when you know, I, I would say that guy's probably satanically, Absolutely. demonically possessed, man. To say things like that. That is antichrist language. We blaspheme the God of heaven. Keep your eye on this man wherever you can hear him. Listen to him. Yeah. And, and, and Bad dude. Ponder what he's saying. It's, it's very dark. It's very dark. Recently in an interview he was talking, he was talking about hacking us. And he said, you know, we're going to have these implants so that you don't believe fake news. And because all, and he went on, he says, all of us have this propensity, you know, to different things, to think about politics this way or ethics this way. But we're, we're going to make sure that when we, when we do this, we'll, we'll be able to keep people from these things, anything that's fake news. So that resurrection statement, that's why we included that in the video tip, clip. Because he specifically says the resurrection of Jesus. We're going to keep people from believing the resurrection or anything about biblical morality. That was Pastor Mark Henry, Pastor Brandon Holthouse, and yours truly back on April 21st for Understanding the Times event here in the Twin Cities. We have a DVD of that, plus it's on our website. 
olivetreeviews.org and go to video. It's all available for you. But J.B. Hickson, you could hear there, they are talking about all of us, the participants and Mr. Harari. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Am I wrong? No, absolutely. In fact, I was just recently at a conference in Wisconsin where I played that same clip. And if you had a pictorial Bible and you went to 1 John 4, 3, and it talked about the spirit of the Antichrist already at work among us, it would have a picture of Harari. I agree with everything your guests were saying. He is at the tip of the spear right now, along with Klaus Schwab. And like you said, Klaus and Harari are working hand in puppet together. The thing people need to understand, though, is it's not just about controlling our thoughts to keep us away from God. It's about ultimate total planetary control. It's all about transhumanism. They want to turn us into programmable entities that they can turn on and off. Klaus Schwab just came out with a brand new book a couple months ago called The Great Narrative. The kinds of things that he's saying in there should just chill us to the bone. Again, not in a fearful sense, because we know who wins in the end, but in the sense of being prepared for what's coming. They want to control every transaction. Pippa Malmgren, she talks blatantly about how this is really what it's all about. I mean, you couldn't have a garage sale in your driveway without them tracking you. And the thing is, if you step outside of their control grid, if they think your carbon footprint is too big or they think you're using hate speech, they can just turn you off so that you can't buy and sell or have any means of making a living. Again, the book that we're carrying is The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deceptions in my online store. JB, in the book, you quote some people. I'm just going to read one quote here. You talk about Bill Clinton saying, quote, there's a government inside the government and I don't control it. Fascinating comment by Bill Clinton. When those on the left are so obvious and blunt about it all, I have a DVD production hidden in plain view, The New World Order and Bible Prophecy, and I talk about David Rockefeller. And you've got a quote here from David Rockefeller in the book, The Spirit of the Antichrist. And Rockefeller says this, some people believe we are part of a secret cabal we being the Rockefeller family. Some people believe we are a part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. Well, if that is the charge, I stand guilty and I am proud of it. So that is David Rockefeller, who passed away, I believe, in 2017 at 101. Again, JB, they openly not only talk about it, but they brag about it. I have a whole section in the book where I did a ton of research to go back and trace a number of references to the New World Order. And it would be surprising, I think, to some listeners just how prevalent it is. It goes back to the founding of this country, but they really saw this new land as a beachhead for the New World Order, the satanic headquarters to try to reach out and emanate across the globe this satanic kingdom that they hope to usher in. And you get glimpses of it from people like George H.W. Bush, Mikhail Gorbachev, Kissinger frequently talked about it. Books have been written about it, especially after World War II. That was the last time they thought they were as close as they think they are now. And one of the reasons Klaus Schwab is so passionate about all this is he's 80 years old, and he really Mm -hmm. wants to see the realization of this longstanding satanic goal in his lifetime. And he can taste it. He thinks they're on the cusp of it. The pre-planned pandemic that was 22 years in the making has given them an opportunity, as Schwab talks about openly, to really accomplish what they've been trying to accomplish forever. So you saw a lot of guys after World War II 
talking about we shall have world government by conquest or by consent, James Paul Warburger, Charles de Gaulle, nations must unite in a world government or perish. And Prime Minister Churchill said the creation of an authoritative world order is the ultimate aim toward which we must all strive. I think we're seeing a resurgence of that interest now, and Klaus Schwab and Harari and some of those are right at the tip of the spear. We're going to play one more clip, and it's of our event back on April 21st with Brandon Holthouse, Pastor Mark Henry, yours truly. By the way, we're doing these every other month, folks. Follow my website, olivetreeviews.org, and just go to events because our next event will be June 9th with Mark Hitchcock and Jeff Kinley featuring their new book, On the Reset, and how that is ushering in the Antichrist agenda. In this short clip, we're hitting the Q&A session of the evening. It was a great question that was submitted, and JB, when I finish it, I definitely want to come back and discuss it. The question is, and it's forgive us for not even having brought it up, thank you, whoever submitted this, is the Great Reset the Tribulation? We don't know, but my personal opinion is the reset is the tribulation. In other words, um, it, it's Daniel's 70th week, um, otherwise known as, as the tribulation in, in Revelation. But if we're that close to the tribulation, and the church never experiences the tribulation, we're out of here maybe tonight. Yeah. yeah. So that's my opinion. You gentlemen, please weigh in, but I believe the reset is the tribulation. I would love your opinion. Yeah, because they're setting it up. And so obviously we're now seeing the setup and, and what they're setting up is the beast empire. Yeah. So their name for it is the great reset or new world order. Our name for it is the beast empire, the fourth, uh, the fourth kingdom that Daniel predicted. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it will be set up and it goes into the tribulation and then eventually Antichrist gets control of this thing. Um, and and every, this is funny, everything they're doing would allow one individual to control the entire system. I don't know if they know that or not, but everything I watch is, is setting up for one individual. And I thought, wow, wow. So anyway, yes, I agree with Jan on that one. Yeah, and as I, as I see it, again, the, tri the tribulation has a lot of components to it. And what we're seeing now are just the things that have to be in place for the Antichrist to control the world, control all the people, control the economy, control the worship, making sure people don't end up worshiping Jesus because the resurrected Christ is obviously false news. Um, and so, you know, it, this is, again, just the setup for that. You can watch that whole presentation again, olivetreeviews.org, and go to video or markhenryministries.com. Wonderful evening back on April 21st with Pastor Brandon Holthouse, Mark Henry, and I was privileged to be a part of that as well. J.B. Hickson, your response to what you just heard? No question that we're seeing the setting of the stage for end times events. Of course, we believe theologically that the rapture is imminent, meaning it's a signless event. It's mm -hmm. something that could happen at any moment. In other words, there's no prophecy that has to be fulfilled before the rapture could happen. But nevertheless, as my mentor, Dr. John Walbert, used to say, if you see them setting up the Christmas decoration right. in October, you know Thanksgiving is getting close. Clearly, all of this stuff happening with the one world government and the push for the one world system religiously, politically, economically is setting the stage for the coming tribulation. 
That's when Satan, I believe, will indwell the Antichrist and finally rule this world. It'll be short-lived because Christ will come back seven years later at the Battle of Armageddon and defeat the beast and the false prophet. He'll imprison Satan for a thousand years. He'll have to wait another thousand years before his final judgment. But nevertheless, for seven years, it'll be what the Bible calls the great day of the Lord's wrath, the time of Jacob's trouble, of course, the tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel, and so on. When I come back in part two of my programming, we're going to continue my discussion on the new product we're carrying. It's an excellent book, The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. Author is J.B. Hickson. He's pastor of Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. You can learn much more at notbyworks.org, notbyworks.org. So when I get back, we've got a whole lot of info to cover yet. Don't go away because I'm back in just a minute or two. Welcome back here. Just a real quick announcement, and it is important, so allow me to take maybe two minutes or so because Olive Tree Ministries has stepped out in faith to air on several new radio outlets. So here are some of the new outlets we are on as of this weekend. 98.3 FM, Oxnard, California. 710 AM and 105.7 FM, Sacramento, California. 99.5 KKLA in Los Angeles. We are now on K-Praise in San Diego. WAVA, W-A-V-A, 105.1 FM, Washington, D.C. We are on WMCA, 570 AM, New York City, WORD 101.5 FM, Pittsburgh, and WRFD 880 AM, Columbus, Ohio. Would you kindly go to my website and go to syndication, and that will give you the times and the days. It would be Saturdays and Sundays that we're airing on these new stations. If you only can catch a partial program, which many, because you're busy running to and fro, just remember everything that we air on our radio stations is posted to our website, olivetreeviews.org, in both video and audio version. We have a video version of this program where you see everything we're talking about. We post to YouTube, to Rumble, to LightSource, to his channel, Christian TV as well as 900 radio stations and then the new stations that I just introduced. Let me move on quickly. I don't want to take any more time away from my guest, Pastor J.B. Hickson. Spirit of the Antichrist, the gathering cloud of deception. Find it in my online store. J.B., let's spend a moment or two talking about how environmentalism is now being used. My question is, how did climate become political? In other words, Green New Deal... Then Trump pulled out of that Paris Climate Accord some years ago. People continually saying, environmentalists at least, that people are the planet's biggest problem. You address this in your book. Talk to me about it. We have a huge section in there that talks all about the relationship between so-called climate change and geoengineering. But as with most things with the Luciferian conspiracy, it's seldom about what it's about. And we say that frequently throughout the book, that there's the face value purpose of what they're doing, but it's almost always a head fake, like the magician who's focusing your attention on his right hand while pulling a dove out of his pocket with the left. I think when it comes to environmentalism, they are using that as a classic example of the Hegelian dialectic, where they create a problem so that they can justify a response when in reality the response is what they were going for all along. And in this case, it's all about total global enslavement, total control, 
and it's also about depopulation. Yes. So the weather clearly is an issue right now. Climate change is made up. We know that ever since the Copenhagen documents were released several years ago, it kind of blew the whistle on that. But most people still don't know that. And of course, the mainstream media and the globalists are still out there. The UN, World Economic Forum, still pushing heavily this climate change. But it's not about that. Nevertheless, the weather really is changing. We see all kinds of major weather whiplash and records being broken. I know you're up in Minnesota. I spent a lot of time in Minnesota doing conferences up in Duluth and Twin Cities. So I'm pretty familiar with Minnesota cold winters. In fact, I read recently that Minnesota is going to change their state motto on their license plates. It's going to be Minnesota, come for the culture, stay because your car won't start. I'll attest to that, all right. Amen, yeah. But the fact is, it's all manipulated. And we get into this in Chapter 8, where we talk about geoengineering and the Hegelian dialectic. What they're really trying to do is shut down farming, shut down any means that mankind traditionally has in an age of freedom to provide for himself, to make a living. There's a lot more than meets the eye there. Definitely not about climate change. All of this you can find in the book that we carry, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. J.B. Hickson is the author and my guest. The book is at olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org, and go to my store. Learn more about my guests at notbyworks.org, notbyworks.org. You're right, JB. Initially, it was global warming. While I'm sitting here in a state that has, I clearly remember a couple of winters where the wind chill in the Twin Cities, I'm not talking up on the Canadian border, in the Twin Cities, the wind chill was 75 degrees below zero. Well, obviously, global warming, I don't think, was appropriate, and they changed it to climate change. I just find it all nonsense. But again, this is the green agenda. So the new Green Deal fits in here. Am I right? Yeah, and it's not about what it's about. So they are claiming that there's an existential threat to the world because we drive an SUV and use too much deodorant. But the reality is that's just a pretense for them to then come in and take control. If you can point out that the problem doesn't really exist, then it takes away their justification for all of these draconian laws and restrictions that they're putting in place. So what is Operation Mockingbird and the false left-right paradigm? Now, we're going to refer to the news industry. I'll play a real quick clip here illustrating it, but help us understand, and why do you have a chapter in your book on Operation Mockingbird? That's a key part of the propaganda mechanism. And by the way, listeners can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org, and see the entire table of contents so they can get an idea Mm -hmm. of some topics that we talk about. And they can also read the entire preface there. We've gone ahead and posted that. Operation Mockingbird, openly admitted, it goes back to the 50s. It's still in place today. We know this. The church committee hearings discussed it, and then afterwards the CIA said, well, we're going to make it voluntary now. It's no longer required. But essentially, it's a way in which the globalists, through the CIA, at least in America, were able to control the narrative, actually give talking points to print media, television media, radio media, so that they could control the narrative and control the agenda. We have quite a bit of data about that in the book, quotes from mainstream reporters like Walter Cronkite and others. And I think the clip that you're going to play should really get people's attention because a lot of people think, well, my local news here in Podunkville, they're not controlled. Well, you better think twice about that. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 
This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. J.B. Hickson, what did we just hear? What that is, and it's more powerful if uh, listeners can see the video, so I encourage them to watch it, but it's local newscast after local newscast covering the same story and reading the same script. So they're all just reading the talking points that the globalists want them to read. So today, it's not about substance, it's about style. It's often been said the makeup man is more important than the speechwriter because they don't really have anybody up there commentating on the news. They're all just parroting what they're told to say based on Operation Mockingbird. Again, folks, if you want to see the various things we're talking about, watch our video version on our website, olivetreeviews.org. Just go to radio. Or again, we post it to various electronic from YouTube to Rumble to LightSource to his channel. JB, I'm changing direction just a little bit. This topic, you know what? It's weird, and I can't figure out why Georgia would want to be the host and the home to the Georgia Guidestones back in 1980. They say it's all about preserving nature. Here we again, we're back to nature worship. Help us understand the Georgia Guidestones because they're the message on the Georgia Guidestone that the planet is too crowded. In our research, and we've been researching this for over 15 years, we've been to Elbert County, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, and actually visited the site. It's shrouded in mystery. Nobody knows who donated the land or who paid for the construction, but basically it's a monolithic structure that was erected back in 1980, and it's five slabs, one in the center and then four diagonally coming out from the center, and each of them has, in various languages, essentially the Ten Commandments of the eugenicist globalist movement, and the very first one is to maintain humanity under 500 million mm -hmm. in balance with nature. And that goal is repeated all over the place in the Luciferian writings. And you could go back to the 20s and 30s with people like Helena Blavatsky and Alice Bailey, and in their own writings, they're talking about, and by the way, Alice Bailey claims to be channeling demons when she's writing, very much a part of the Luciferian conspiracy. They talk about how they've got to get rid of these humans that are a plague on the earth and reduce the population. And the reason for that is multiple reasons. Biblically, the reason is Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said he's a murderer from the beginning. He loves death. Proverbs says, all those who hate me love death. And so they thrive in an environment of death. So part of it's just killing for sport. But more than that, they see this earth as their own planet. And of course, they want to have it to themselves. It's kind of like if you go to a major theme park with tens of thousands of your closest friends, it's not going to be nearly as enjoyable as it would be if you had the whole theme park to yourself and you could just ride the rides and do what you want without having to wait in line. They see this earth as a massive playland for them and their nefarious deeds. So they want to get rid of all these useless breathers that are in their way. The 500 million basically involves just a small percentage of the initiated elite, the Luciferians themselves, and then several hundred thousand serfs or people that are there to do the grunt work and do their bidding. But that's their dream, and the Georgia Guidestones represents that. You write about it. I have the chapter open in front of me, and I don't think I'll take time to read it, though. I'm tempted to, but you cover it extensively in this book, Mother Earth and Its Disease of Humans. Folks, this is the mindset of the one-worlders. 
It's why we keep saying that that system is on the horizon. Personally, I don't believe the church is going to see anything of the tribulation. The question is, we're in a setup stage to the tribulation right now. And how long will the Lord let this go on? We certainly don't know. I've already seen more than I anticipated seeing. God will remove the church before he unleashes his wrath upon the earth during Daniel's 70th week. JB, because we're talking here about the spirit of the Antichrist, obviously there has to be a real Antichrist. And I would just like to play a clip because I love Mark Hitchcock. He's a very good friend of mine. And he's coming to the Twin Cities, folks, Thursday, June 9th. He'll be at Revive Church in Brooklyn Park for our Every Other Month Understanding the Times gathering. I played clips from our meeting back in April. Mark will be here June 9th along with Jeff Kinley. I want Mark to weigh in and explain a little bit more about the real Antichrist because we're talking here about how the spirit of the Antichrist is forming a huge cloud of deception in our day today. What's the Bible tell us the Antichrist um, is, is going to be like, or what are the characteristics? You, you mentioned last segment that he's described as the little horn. Mm -hmm. So someone right now that's not very well known, mm -hmm. if, if indeed this is the era in which the Antichrist is about to rise. But what are some other clearer definitions of the Antichrist? Well, the Antichrist, I think, is going to rise from this reunited Roman Empire. Again, we don't know what country for sure he's coming from, but we know he's going to come out of this uh, reunited Roman Empire. I think he's going to be a Gentile. Um, you know, the early church believed he was going to be a Jew. Many of them did. But he rises up in Revelation 13 out of the sea, which speaks of the sea of nations. The only uh, type or foreshadow of the Antichrist in the Bible is a man named Antiochus Epiphanes back in the book of, of Daniel. And he was a Gentile. And also the Antichrist is going to lead the final form of Gentile world power. And he's going to be a great persecutor of the Jewish people, which seems odd to me if he's a Jew for him to be persecuting the Jews. Great point. So I think he's going to be a, a Gentile. He's going to be someone, though, who's going to come on the scene as a great peacemaker. And you think about what does the world want today more than anything else? Someone who can bring peace to the world, peace and prosperity. And that's, what, that's going to be his platform and his promise. And he's going to do that for some period of time. But at some point in time, the, the iron fist inside the velvet glove is going to be, going to be unveiled. And he will be the most iron-fisted, uh, egomaniacal ego leader the world has ever seen. And Mark, you can see the way the world is today with instantaneous communication, oh, yeah. how very quickly news can spread and power can be established and influence can be made just because of media platforms. That's right. The globalism we see today is setting the stage for him to come on the scene and the technology that's available today because the technology available today allows someone to keep track of where people are and to know what people are doing. So all these things we see coming together really fit uh, what the Bible says about a coming world ruler who's going to come on the scene. You're listening to Understanding the Times Radio. I'm Jan Markell. I have on the line Pastor J.B. Hickson, Plum Creek Chapel, Sedalia, Colorado, author of Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. Pastor J.B., I opened the program with a clip of you saying that there's probably been an Antichrist candidate in every generation forever. By the way, I love Mark Hitchcock and Jeff, and I think Mark really said it perfectly well there describing the biblical data on who this future man of sin is. First John 2.18 says, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist, capital A, is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come. 
I believe that Satan, ever since he received the mortal wound at Calvary, has been at the ready, hoping to move into this final phase, the end game, if you will, of his Luciferian plot that goes all the way back to the garden. He does not have the mind of God, obviously. He's not omniscient, so he has to be ready at any moment. Even though he doesn't believe the Bible, right. he knows the Bible, so he knows that God's playbook is to rescue the church from this present evil age prior to the outpouring of God's wrath, as you just said. So when he sees that happen, then I believe he would put forth his man of the hour to begin ushering in the end game. Mark's right. I believe it's a Gentile, even though I know good scholars that disagree on that. I really believe that he will be a Gentile. He will emanate from the revived Roman Empire which will have an eastern and western portion. There's five toes on one foot and five toes on the other if you go back to Nebuchadnezzar's statue. I think the stage is clearly being set, and we're on the cusp of entering that endgame. When I put together my presentation, Hidden in Plain View, The New World Order and Bible Prophecy, and folks, that's a DVD. That's also in my store if you'd like to get that. That's maybe a couple of years old now, but the info is still very current. And JB, when I put that video together, I highlighted probably 20 organizations that would be a part of this effort. Let me just cite some of them and get your comment. And obviously the United Nations will be the largest organization pushing the Antichrist agenda, but we've got every organization funded by George Soros, some very powerful big tech outfits. We've got all the open border organizations. We've got the Vatican. I call Pope Francis the vicar of the New World Order. We've got the entire Democrat Party and many on the right as well. We've got Freemasons, Rosicrucians, the banking empires. They go back to the 1700s. An organization known as the Illuminati. We've already cited the Rockefeller Empire. We've got the Council on Foreign Relations, the League of Nations, the Bilderbergs, the Club of Rome, the Trilateral Commission, the Earth Charter of 2000, the Ark of Hope, which was contained in the Earth Charter in 2001. That's a list of about 20 players, and I'm sure there are another 20 players. Did you ever think, when you began investigating this, that this network was so extensive? I really didn't. The tentacles run far and wide. In Chapter 5 in the book, the title of the chapter is The Luciferian Conspiracy Diagrammed and Explained, and I give a diagram in there showing the various layers of it, including many of these organizations you just mentioned. But let's go back to Pope Francis, whom you mentioned just a moment ago. You know, in 2015... He had his first opportunity to speak at the U.N. General Assembly. It was on the occasion of the 70th anniversary of the U.N. I actually played a clip at a conference I was at recently speaking where Fox News was covering that event, and the commentators actually said that Pope Francis was speaking at the U.N. to give them their marching orders for the next decade and a half. If you do the math, that was in 2015. What they're talking about is the marching orders leading up to Agenda 2030. And at that time, of course, that was pre-COVID and all of that. At that time, they really were targeting 2030 for their endgame to really realize the one world system. Since then, they have been shocked at how easily it's been to kind of roll out some of these new things. And so they're actually optimistic, thinking they might achieve the one world system even before then. But Pope Francis, he is a key player in all of this. I believe the religious center of the one world system during the Antichrist's regime will emanate from Rome. So all of those organizations that you mentioned are part of the conspiracy. doesn't necessarily mean that everyone working there, like sometimes people will say to me, well, you know, my sister works at the CIA and she doesn't talk about any of this stuff. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, well, it's a need to know basis, pretty compartmentalized, certainly at the top levels. 
all of those globalist organizations have some marching orders and are coming at it from different angles to ultimately achieve Satan's goal of a one-world system. I think that most people just don't think of, for example here, Freemasonry, and you and I know that's a pretty evil outfit, but I don't think folks sit around and think, well, the Freemasons are trying to form global government. But at their very core, they are. Council on Foreign Relations, same thing. I just think folks think, well, they're kind of a nutty outfit. And in some cases, maybe they try to do some good things for humanity if we get into the humanitarian angle of a few organizations. But they don't realize that there is a terribly dark agenda that's a part of their agenda. No doubt. Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Skull and Bones is another one. They take these secret oaths. It's a way of controlling people because they compromise them through these secret societies. Bohemian Grove is another one. We've actually visited the original founding place Mm -hmm. of Bohemian Grove in Muir Woods outside San Francisco. You can't get to the current location of Bohemian Grove now because it's privately owned and it's all secret, heavily guarded. But all of these organizations have as one goal, secrecy, place where the Luciferians can go, kings are made, presidents are determined, wars are started, and it's the way they really have their hands on the geopolitical system of this world currently. As we speak, and we've been referring to a lot of these various individuals and outlets, again, Bilderbergers, Club of Rome, Trilateral Commission, could go on and on, the highlighting of Pope Francis. These are earthly leaders trying to destroy God and to take over the system, the system being, well, the earth right now. And I always go back, J.B. Hickson, to Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage? The kings of the earth take counsel against his anointed Let us break their bonds and cast away their cords. And then the wonderful verse, he that sits in the heavens laughs. God's laughing at these fools and their silly earthly agenda. Psalm 2 is really the proof text for the Luciferian conspiracy. We know it exists from the Genesis account. We know it exists from their own writings. We can see the fingerprints of Satan all over human history. We know there's this cosmic battle as you began the program by talking about. But Psalm 2 really outlines it in no uncertain terms. It talks about the Luciferian plot, the Lord's plan, and then, of course, the long-awaited prince, Jesus Christ himself, coming to make all things right. But yeah, the world leaders are conspiring together to break the bonds and cast away the court. Satan hates being controlled. He has control issues, and he hates that God is sovereign and that he couldn't overthrow God in heaven and then came to the earth, and he's been fighting hard ever since to overthrow God's sovereignty on earth. And of course, we know he loses, but he doesn't know that. So he absolutely hates it, and he's trying to break these bonds of the Godhead that are controlling him, and he's conspiring to do that with demons and human agents. We ignore that reality at our own peril. I think never before in the history of humanity, and here we are, and I'm referring to the 21st century here, does Ephesians 6 apply like it does today? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers of darkness of this age, against principalities and powers, most all of them demonic. And then we're kind of in a world and a church that's denying the demonic, even the church doesn't fully understand the demonic, do they? You're a pastor, you know better than I. No, not at all. I know a colleague of yours that's a good friend of mine, David Fiorazzo, and I have talked about this very issue. I call it the 84% club because 16% of the Bible is unfulfilled prophecy, and so much of the church today completely ignores and has no appetite for Mm -hmm. Bible prophecy, which means that even if they value the Bible and they talk a good game, they're really only preaching 84% of the Bible. 
And I believe we need to preach the whole counsel of God, and we need, especially in times such as these, preach, teach, and talk about future things and how God's plan of the ages comes to fruition and what this cosmic battle is all about. Yeah, people are just completely ignoring it, which, of course, is a fulfillment of prophecy. Yes. Folks, we have a new world order coming for us. That new world order is known as the millennium, that thousand year with Jesus Christ ruling on the throne from Jerusalem. That's our new world order that's coming. But there's a counterfeit one that's trying to be implemented as we speak. J.D., I'm down literally to a minute or two. If you'd like to sum up, go ahead, take a minute or two and do so. And by the way, thank you for Number one for your book, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, in my store, olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org. Call my office. You can learn more about Pastor Hickson at notbyworks.org. JB, you wrap it up here. First of all, thanks so much for carrying the book. I really believe it's the most important book I've ever written. It's our 10th book over the years, 32 years of ministry, but the message needs to get out. Again, you can visit Olive Tree Ministries to get it, or you can check out spiritoftheantichrist.org just to get a taste of the table of contents and the preface there, spiritoftheantichrist.org. But thanks for having me on. The bottom line is, even though a lot of this stuff is discouraging and depressing and negative, we know who wins in the end. And at the end of the book, Really, the most important chapter in the whole book is not even a chapter. It's an epilogue in which I explain to folks that the only hope for mankind is to place their faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again for their sins. And if you're listening to this program today and you don't know for certain that you'll spend eternity in heaven, time is of the essence. There is an urgency to the gospel, and we implore you to place your faith in Jesus Christ, who is the only one who can forgive sin and give you the gift of eternal life. Thank you for doing so, J.B. Hickson. I'm just closing here. I'm reading a paragraph on page 216 of the book. It says, This means the spirit of the Antichrist has been at work for nearly 2,000 years, which is why we see such profound and widespread deception all around us. But John goes on to remind us in the very next verse, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, 1 John 4, 4. We never must be scared, but aware, never scared, but prepared. And then he concludes, fear is not of the Lord. John adds, they are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are not of this world. To me, that's the greatest message I can think of, that we're not of this world and we're gonna leave this world. We don't know when, I predict very soon. Keep looking up, folks. Thank you for joining me. We'll talk to you again next week. Contact us through our website, olivetreeviews.org. That's olivetreeviews.org. Call us central time at 763-559-4444. That's 763-559-4444. 4444. We get our mail when you write to Olive Tree Ministries and Jan Markell, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. That's Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. All gifts are tax deductible. Nothing happens by accident. God is orchestrating today's global events as history as we know it begins to wind down. We have a front row seat to watch everything fall into place. Yeah.